Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this opportunity. I only hear like two people praying. Come online, in-house, just begin to speak out loud. A quiet believer is a dying believer. And what you need to do is speak with your own voice and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm here for you. Jesus, I didn't come here to play church. I came here to be the church. And I thank you, God, whether I'm you're tuning in online, in a house, in a prison cell, Lord, from coast to coast in Florida, California, Montana, Kansas. Lord, I pray wherever we're tuning in from here today, Lord, our family, friends in Canada and Spain that are tuning in right now, I pray right now that you'd use us as conduits, God, Lord, not to watch worship because it's not a voyeur thing. It's not a spectator sport, God, but Lord, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. We don't need the rocks to speak up. We're ready. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that we're ready to worship you, worship you, worship you. I want to read this scripture while you're standing. And then we'll turn to it together here in a minute. But it's John chapter 2. I'm con- continuing where I left off last week. It said on the third day, and I want you to take note of that. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Not very many people can get away with this. But Jesus says it, and then he says, my hour has not yet come. And then he continues, and it says, his mother said to the servants, didn't reply to Jesus, whatever he says for you to do, do it. Somebody say, do it. Now there were, uh, there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification for the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. Somebody say, fill me. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it to it. They took it to, uh, they took it when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn it, they knew where the water came from. Oh, I hope somebody hears that the servant always knows first. If you're a servant of God, you're going to know before anybody. We'll get there in a second. But the master of the feast called the bridegroom the bridegroom, and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have all drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Everybody say now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, the manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you are about to speak into the depths of who we are. And I thank you, God, Lord, that this word is going forth and shall not return void. You're going to hide it within our heart that we might not sin against it. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to anoint me to preach your word as you would want it preached. And I'm going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, hear your word, and share what you would have to say and accomplish this assignment. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. 
I want you to turn your attention to the screens. We got our intro video for you. Let's get ready. Open your Bibles to John chapter 2 and verse 1 all the way through verse really 12, but I ended at 11. And I want to read or talk to you uh, today about the story of water to wine, but I also want to teach on the word that God gave for us in 2021, which is beyond, beyond 2021. And I want you to write this other scripture down while you're taking notes because every good believer is a good note taker, right? Because we take what God is saying to us seriously. So take good notes. And when you write this down, I want you to write this other scripture, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Many of you may know it, that he would do exceedingly abundantly above beyond all that we could ask, think, or imagine. And so that's, that's our scripture for the year. That's what God spoke to us in November uh, into a year where people said, it's probably just going to be another year of the same old, same old. And God spoke to us, said it's not going to be. It's going to be outside the scope of ordinary experience. And so this is last year. We said the word for last year was the voyage launching into uncharted territory. Expect a resistance. That was our year, word for last year. It perfectly painted last year. And so I know that when God speaks a word, it's true. When God speaks it, it's going to happen. And so I, I would encourage you, grab a hold of that word and let God speak to you. And I want to welcome some very special people like Rob did, all of our people who are tuning in online across the nation and other countries, and our three prisons who are tuning in today. Come on. Come on. Give them a big hand. We love you guys. Tune in, lean in, get ready. God's got something great for you. Last week we ended and we talked about how Jesus, remember, he got to the end of recruiting Nathaniel, and then he said, Nathaniel, you ain't seen nothing yet. Y'all remember that? And we said, you're going to see greater things than these. And he said, all from now on, you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And he said, you're going to see it from now on. And it was an eternal promise. It didn't have an expiration date on it. Are you thankful that God's plans for your life don't have an expiration date on it? Or don't have like, hey, you are you already hit the quota of failure, so you can't fulfill. No, God says, I don't care how many times you mess up, you fail, you say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. I've got enough grace. The Bible says my grace is 
sufficient, right? And so he says, you're going to see greater things than these. And that's how we ended last week. And I, I set it up by just kind of introducing where we would be going today. And we were going is three days later. Somebody say in the third day. I want you to remember that because of what we're going to talk about here in a minute. Because there's a, a couple of the scriptures that certain specific things happen on the third day. But on this third day, Jesus comes in and there's a wedding. There's a party. There's a party. Everybody smile. We're going to party today. The party was going on. Everybody was having fun. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up by chance. And, and all of a sudden, the wine stops. So then it looks like the party's going to stop. Mm. Nobody likes it when the party stop, stops. No, and now, I don't know if this is still the same term, but when we used to go to a party, I mean, when my other center friends used to go to parties when they were kids, you go to a party, and then you go to a party, and then there would be something called the after party. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, you sinners out there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There'll be a party, and then there's an after party, and then there's an after, and you just keep going. And we'll party all night long is what the, the old phrases used to be. And so you just keep going. Well, the party was about to end, and the party wanted to continue. And she said, she walked up, Jesus is showing up with his disciples. She's already been at this wonderful wedding, this feast of a bride and a groom. And so he shows up, and, and most people think that this story is by accident. G Jesus performed a miracle too quick, too soon because of how he responds. But I'm going to show you today that Jesus knew what he was about to do before she asked. And he showed up to this wedding on purpose. And when he said, my time has not yet come, what he was speaking to is more to the future and not necessarily right now for miracle signs and wonders. I'm going to show you. But he starts off and he shows up and his mom says, hey, they've run out of wine. And he said, woman, I don't know about you, but I laugh every time I hear that because I have never in my life gotten away with, I said, woman, to my mom one time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you learn a lesson one time, you don't ever say it again. I, I, I didn't even try it with my wife. She's a fiery redhead, and that woman's got a lot of passion and a good right hook. So I was like, nope, not going to do it. Not today. And so you, you, we, we, it's funny because, you know, like Jesus literally, he's like, woman, today's not my time. And I love how the interaction happens. Watch this because, I, remember, the word is beyond. Watch how his mother goes beyond the scope of how she's used to dealing with Jesus. And she's used to being the mother, but now she steps into a realm of tremendous faith and says, I know what's in you. I'm going to see it come out of you. And so she doesn't even respond to Jesus. She just turns to the servants. And when she turns to the servants, she doesn't address Jesus. She turns to the servants and she kind of goes beyond her role. How many want to go beyond your role that you've been living in for a little while? You, you've been living in a little box your whole life and said, this is just who you are. We just need you to give birth. That's all we need, just barefoot in the kitchen. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, God wants to set somebody free of whatever box you've been put in and whatever boundaries that the enemy has placed on you because Mary stepped into a whole other dimension and she said, hey, here we go. And she didn't, look, she didn't look at Jesus. She turned to the servant and said, whatever he asks you to do, do it. Somebody say do it. do it. 
I'm here to tell you as, as a man of God, if God starts speaking to you, whether it's uh, through text or it's through an email or a friend or a pastor or a loved one, or if, it, if it's by smoke signals coming out, well, however God needs to get it to you, you need to do it. Somebody say do it. Because God's going to only get a miracle through you when you start doing what he asked you. And he, she said, whatever he asked you, do it. Because she had enough faith. She didn't even need to ask Jesus the game plan because she already knew that he could do it. She didn't need to know the plan. She didn't need to know all the information. I'm, I'm going to talk to some people who need to know all the details before you make a decision and before you make a step. I'm talking to the people who need to walk by faith and not by knowledge because she was calling now the servants, not just herself, but the servants to walk by faith and to do something beyond the scope of ordinary, beyond the norm that they would see. And so she calls them and says, hey, whatever he asks you to do, you better do it. And so then they talk about there were six water pots, six water pots, anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons. Now, I haven't done the math, but if you have six with about 30 gallons apiece, you had 180 gallons just off the top of my head. If you have 180 gallons and you uh, figure out how many ounces because you're going to pour it into wine. So each wine glass is about five ounces. So if each wine glass is about five ounces and you go ahead and multiply that, you're going to see 23,040. And again, this is just off the top of my head. 23,040 ounces of wine that are ready here. And then if you divide that into the people, because the average day, average group in Jesus' day, average town in Jesus' day only had about 500 people. And, you know, that's just around there. Babies, oh, we're talking about babies, women, children. So if you divide that, you're talking about 10 cups per person. Somebody say, it's a 10 cup Jesus. <laughs> Jesus goes ahead and, you know, because this is interesting. And I, when I have to look at this, I'm, I have to think of the whole story. That's why I wanted to read it to you first, because the party had been going all day and they had been drinking for a while and they had been drinking and they had been partying and they've been having fun. And all of a sudden the wine stopped. I don't know if you've ever been at a bar, but if you've ever been at a bar, there's something that's called a last call. And when you're at a bar at a last call, how many more drinks do you get? Some, be brave. Some of you are like, oh, if I say it, they'll know. One. You get like one drink, maybe two. But Jesus, he's, he's going to fill all of these six. And now he's going to fill all of these six. Why? Because he's about to do something beyond. It'd be enough to go ahead and say, everybody gets one more cup, just fill one vessel. It'd be enough to go ahead and say, you know what? I'll just give it just a little bit. Everybody get a couple cups. But I have a Jesus who loves to go way beyond the scope of ordinary experience and say, you know what? I know typically you only get one more cup. And I, some of you are like, we're talking about cups of wine here. How biblical and spiritual is this? I'm about to bring it to a whole nother dimension in your life. If you can follow with me for just a minute. And he's talking about how he could get a 10 cup Jesus. Now, I almost renamed the whole message 10 cup Jesus, but I figured that was too sacrilegious. So I just leave it over there. But he, he, he gets 10 cups. Everybody gets another 10 cup. That's a lot of cups. And everybody, that's a lot of wine. 180 gallons of wine. And Jesus fills it all. Now, the interesting part here that I want to bring to you that goes super deep is. He's talking about water and wine. 
you know, we're going to have baptism Sunday, next Sunday in the water. And the water represents, you know, giving your life, making an outward expression of an inward decision, washing away the old, coming up brand new. But also water represents the Holy Spirit. Okay. What does wine represent? The blood. Okay, here we go. So now that you know it's a 10-cup Jesus, coincidentally, 10, 10 meaning redemption. But so, again, we all think this story is by accident, and no one else tells this story, and it may not have a lot of significance to a lot of other people, but I'm about to bring you a truth that's so significant, it'll change how you see the entire gospel. Because when you look at this, you can understand that Jesus didn't do just enough He brought more than enough and brought a redemptive power to it. He didn't just show up by accident. He knew that the water represented his spirit and that the wine represented the blood and that he wasn't about to turn this into just a little bit will do for the party of a bride and a bridegroom. Coincidentally, you're the bride, he's the groom, and he's saying, I'm turning all of this into wine so that now when I shed it on the cross, I'm not just giving a little bit of my blood. I'm not just giving a little bit of my sacrifice. I'm giving it all. I'm giving 10 cups. Oh, my Bible says my cup runneth over. Oh, give God some praise if you know that you needed all of that and then some. And all of you saints who feel like you don't need more than enough for your sin, you need to check your heart again. Because we need to realize that I needed everything that Jesus had. I needed a 10-cup Jesus in my life. I I didn't know I needed it. I thought the party was almost over. But Jesus said the after party is just about to begin. And I'm going to turn the water into wine. And I'm going to turn it so much so that I feel these six. Did you know these six vessels were, they were for cleansing. That's what they were for. Do you see another layer of this picture? They were for cleansing, spiritual and ritual cleansing. Now, it was for one person, 180 gallons. The average person, again, this is just off the top of my head. I haven't done the research yet. But average person takes about a seven-minute shower, and they use about 17 gallons. 17. We're talking about 180 gallons of purifying your life. We're talking about, I I think I kind of want to be clean, and God's saying, I'm going to make you really clean. We're talking about the difference of the woman at the well who says, I just need another bucket of water, and he says, no, I'm going to give you a whole life full of water that never runs dry because I am the well in your life, and I'll give you living water. This is a whole new concept of seeing God through a whole new lens of saying, you know what? He does go beyond in my life. You know what? He went beyond when I didn't even know the story. He went beyond, because a lot of people love to use this one passage of scripture just to preach on how Jesus likes wine too. And guys, I get it. Yes, Jesus loves wine too. But there's more to this scripture than just a party and wine. And this party was full of people. You know, we were getting ready to have these services, and all three services were packed out with RSVP and online, people getting ready to attend. And then all of a sudden, we got a massive snowstorm coming in and continuing. And I was like, you know what? The party's not getting canceled. We're still going to have worship. We're still going to love God. We're still going to gather here and online and give people an opportunity because my God always says, when everybody says we're about to shut you down, the party's almost over, life's almost over, the best is almost over, God says, here, I'm showing up right on on time because you thought you were ending, but I'm just about to begin your life. You thought you've seen good and great things. Wait till you see these things because he shows up. And I want to talk to some of my 
uh, my congregants here and, and the people of Bridge family that are 50 and older for a little bit. If you're 50 and older, sometimes you can feel like my best years are behind me. You could feel like the party's really coming to an end for you. And you could feel like, you know what, I don't have much left ahead of me. And, and really all the best days are there, and I guess I'll just get what I can for the rest of. And, and yet at the end of this ceremony, as we see a greater picture than just the surface level, we see a supernatural picture of Jesus saying, your latter will be greater than your former. And you need to understand that that wine, the ceremonial guy, he came up and said, why'd you say the best for last? Oh, I, I, I want to preach just on this part right here because sometimes we go through our life and we see God do good things through our life and we expect God to continue just to do good things. But God said, I'm not a God who just goes from good to good. I go from glory to glory. And when you've experienced good, I've got great for you. When you've experienced enough, I've got more than enough for you. My, I want your cup running over. I want you filled. I want you encouraged. I want you strengthened. I want you to see a greater picture here. And when you see Jesus show up at this festival, this powerful far party, I, I love it because we always think that parties are not for Christians. But Jesus showed up and kept the party going. And, and Because I always looked at it like, a, you know, when I was younger, I was in my teenage years, I'd sit in the back because my parents made me go to church. And, and I didn't like it. I saw the corruption of church. I saw the bad side of church. I saw how people dealt with my parents who were in ministry. I, hate, I didn't want church. I thought church was for people who were just bored. And want more boredom. Didn't know how to. Uh, didn't know how to smile if their life depended on it. Did, couldn't have fun. Couldn't go out. Couldn't experience. Couldn't live life to the fullest. But then when God opened up my relationship with him and showed me who he really is. He said, I'm not the God who shows up. Because see, a lot of us, when we look at Jesus, we think he's showing up to shut the party down in our life. But really, Jesus is showing up to keep the party going in our life. He's like, let me, okay, you, you, it's been good for now. You guys have been having fun. You thought you were having fun at church, but let me show up when you were just walking through the motions, and I'm going to show you now when the experience, oh, I'm going to preach, when you show up, instead of trying to go through the motions of church, instead of trying to figure God out and just know of God and experience who God, that's when the transformation takes place. It's when I go from saying, I'm going to watch worship to I'm going to become a vessel of worship. It's going from the place of saying, you know what? I'm one of those six vessels and I've been dry. Oh, I'm, I've been dry for far too empty for far too long. Going from church to church, experience to conference to this, to that, watching online, waiting, hoping somebody. Because look, the picture is this. Those vessels were sitting there empty, not being used. Now let me flip the script for just a second here. When you're thinking about yourself, let's think about other things and people in our life. Maybe they're not living at the fullest potential that you think they should. Maybe they're not being used like they should. Maybe that business isn't being fulfilled like it should. Maybe the friendship isn't all that it like you hoped it would be. And what we tend to do is we tend to throw out vessels instead of keep vessels. 
and trust me, I'm the king of throwaway. If it ain't being used in my house, it's a five-second roll. That sucker's gone, man. We're, we're, not, keep, we're not collecting dust here. And, and I, I'm the king of throwaway, and I, I'm the number one culprit. If it ain't being used, get rid of it. But just somewhere, somewhere in our life, God needs to speak to your heart and say, don't throw that away yet. I'm about to use it. No, no, no. I know it's empty right now, but I'm about to fill it. Can you just wait for a little bit, and I'm going to use it to its maximum purpose. But don't throw that idea away. Don't throw that hope away. Don't throw that creativity. Oh, I feel like somebody's thrown something away and smashed those vessels. Did you know that when Judas killed himself, he killed himself in a potter's field, a place of broken vessels. And yet the first miracle that Jesus does is with vessels that were not being used but should be used. And so Jesus shows up, and I wonder if there's anybody in our life or, a, or, or anything in our life that we've, we've put over here and said, it's not what I wanted it to be. I'm probably going to throw it away. I'm probably going to shut it down. I'm probably going to leave it. I'm probably going to quit it. I'm probably going to, and we just give up. But somewhere there was a, a bridegroom in the house that said, you know, I think we might need these. Just save these just in case. Because someone had to tell the servants, don't throw those out. So they saved them, and these vessels were saved for a special occasion. And I pray somebody today hears what I'm telling you. And before you quickly dismiss a new vessel that God has brought to your life, save it. He might use it. And then for the people who feel like you are the vessel and you've been empty for far too long, I'm here to tell you Jesus brought you here. You clicked online today and you might be in a prison cell, but your circumstance does not determine your outcome. And I'm here to tell you the party may feel like it's ending. The wine may feel like it's going out. And a lot of times we can look at our world like that. Everything's closing down. Everything's drying out. And God's saying that's when I show up and fill everything up again. I'm about to start the whole party over, but I need you to stay in faith and know that I'm about to fill you with my spirit. And you can't get the spirit, the water without the wine. And you can't get the wine without the water. And let me just give some deep doctrinal thoughts for those of you who don't understand receiving the blood of Jesus in your life and receiving the Holy Spirit. They're one and the same. When you get the blood, you get the water. When you get the water, you get the blood. You can't have one without the other. You get when you call Jesus into your life, you get grace and mercy and forgiveness in your life. But you also get the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't have to say, oh, man, hopefully one day I'm worthy and good enough that Jesus will fill me with. No, no, no. You got the water, you got the wine. You got the wine, you got the water. Because that's all you need in your life. And he came to find a few empty vessels to say, who can I fill today? What we've done in American culture is we have created a system of going to church rather than ex experiencing God. And we've made that. I know that's why. I know that's really how it happened because when church had to shut down, people were like, well, what do I do now? Because we, we glorified the method over the message. And so because we glorified the wrong things and we, we loved the wrong things, we, we found ourselves in a difficult place of our faith having to reconcile some old ideologies and doctrine and say, hey, maybe my faith isn't what it used to be. I feel like something's missing. And God said it's because the method's not as important. That's the message. And you need to go ahead and let somebody pour a little water into your life.
How long, let me ask you a question, how long do you want to be dry? God didn't bring you here by accident. He brought you here to ask you a deep question. And that question is, how long do you want to be dry? Because at some point, the servants, remember, let's go back to the servants. At some point, there's got to be a servant of God. Can I, I hope I can find 10 servants, 20 servants in here. I hope there's a servant in here who says, I'm going to go find an empty vessel. I hope there's a servant that says, somewhere in your walk of life that you said, you know what? I know a couple empty vessels. Let me go find, let me go gather a couple empty vessels because I I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't even get the whole process. I haven't heard any of the plan but I know the man. I know that she said, just do whatever he said. And if I believe in the message and if I believe in the man, I've got the water, I've got the wine. Let me get the vessel. Oh, church, we need more people who are the saints of God to say, you know what? I can be the servant who does whatever he asks me to. And I'm going to keep bringing some empty vessels because six were laid before him and six were filled and six were turned to wine. And then, of course, we talked a little bit about this last Sunday. When did the miracle happen? Did the miracle happen when the servants who were obedient said, okay, I'll listen to a a woman I barely know, a Jesus I barely know. Maybe they knew him a little bit. Let's say they knew him a lot. Then they just know him as a carpenter's son. A carpenter's son? What is he going to do? He can't work with clay. And the servant, she said, just do whatever he asks. And all of a sudden, servants, some servant decided to bring some empty vessels and set them one at a time in front of Jesus. And they were all filled, filled to the top. The Bible says overflowing. He brought them all over there, six of them. And then he said, okay, now dip in there with that pitcher and then take that pitcher and then bring it over and pour it in that cup. And when you pour it in that cup, he took a drink of wine and all of a sudden, man, the water was wine. When did the water change to wine? I don't know when the water changed to wine. That's the beauty. See, a lot of people can read this scripture and find a place of discouragement and doubt and say, I don't know when the miracle happened. But that is the joyous place is to say, I don't know when God turned my life around. I think I I was praying and I know I was worshiping and I know I was going to church and I know I was trying to get my life together. And I don't know if it was January or February or March, but I know somewhere God turned my life around. And when it came time to taste the miracle, God said, I already did the miracle when you weren't even looking. You didn't even know it. And I healed your family. You didn't know it. And I turned flags out. Oh, I'm losing my voice. Preaching too loud, screaming too much. Don't, don't, I got to tone it down. Devil, you ain't going to take my voice. Where's my water? I got to preach a whole other service, let alone close this one out. It's all good. I ain't scared. But I had this epiphany. When I read this scripture again, and I never saw it until I saw it when I started to, when God opened my eyes for 2021. And he said, church, men and women of God, if you'll just do what I'm asking you to, if you'll just be faithful, 
if you'll just continue on the journey, if you'll just keep praying and you'll keep worshiping and you'll keep moving forward, all the miracles that you need to happen in your life, I'm going to do them and you won't even know when I did them. and, And all of a sudden you'll touch the lips. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he said, when you taste it, you'll know I did it because my goodness endureth forever. And I'm here to turn somebody's party upside down and keep it to go into the after party. And God wants to turn this year into an incredible, beautiful, amazing, filled year. And I'm looking at a lot of eyes right now in this room, and I can see them online. And as your pastor, I want to pray with you. Because I feel like as I preach that one particular part about empty vessels, I feel like a lot of people related to that. And there are a lot of times I could relate to that. 2020 was tough. I remember having emotional breakdowns, crying. I remember having just like getting mad, not even know why I was mad, and just blow up. Okay. Like I said, not today, devil. Lights are off in here for all those who are tuning in online, but that's okay. I still, yeah, thank you, Jesus. But I feel like somebody in here is saying, and online, is, is saying, can you pray for me? I, I'm, I, I'm that vessel. I feel like I've been empty. I feel like you tell me, hey, let's pray for 2021, and I don't even know if I have enough hope to pray for 2021. I feel like you're saying, hey, come in and get in relationship and worship, raise your hands, or get excited about the preaching, or get excited about the, the experiencing God, and I can't, even, I can't even get excited about it because I'm so full of, of frustration and anger. I'm so full. I have, I'm empty. I've been drained by life. I got nothing left to give. And before we go into another week and another month, I want to pray for you. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes? Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. I thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And I pray right now, oh, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill each and every one of us here and online. With nobody looking around, if that's you, and you could say, Pastor, you know what? I'm empty. And I just... I just need somebody to help fill me. I can't even bring myself to Jesus. But if I, I feel like if I could just be put in front of him, I could be filled. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand here and online and everywhere that's tuning in. Thank you for all those hands going up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. I'm going to pray with you. Keep them up. Thank you for those hands. Yeah, keep them up. Keep them up. Lord, in Jesus' name, with every hand that's raised and heart that's open and every tear-streamed eye, Lord, I pray right now, fill your children who are called and created in your image. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to fill them with your spirit. Cover them, God, Lord, with your blood. And I thank you, God, that they are yours and they are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you that they were bought with a price. Their value has been established And they're not being thrown out. They're going to be filled up today. When they leave here today, they're going to smile more. They're going to be happier, God. Lord, they're going to be joyful. God, Lord, they're going to leave here and feel the peace of God over their life. God, Lord, when they click off this stream today, they're going to feel like something came over them full of hope and passion and life. And I thank you, God, that you're doing it for your children. And I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Let's give God some praise, Bridge Church. <clears throat> we saved a little bit of time because the last couple minutes, I want to show you a quick video. Um, it tells just, it's just a little video. It tells a bit of mine and Emily's story for an announcement that we want to make today. And this is the best way we found that we could do it. Um, so this, again, is just a small piece. We're going to post the whole video later in the week. But if you'll turn your attention to the screens, we want to tell you a story. Well, hello. Uh, we're going to try to do this without crying. But we would just wanted to uh, say hi to all of our family and friends and loved ones. And this is the best way we figured we could do this because there's, it's, it's bigger than us and it's a big story to tell. Yeah. And so we wanted to capture it and just share it with all of you who have been loving and praying <clears throat> and supporting us for years now. Uh, so we won't be long, but I do. we do want to make a special announcement today. But I, we kind of lead up to it by just telling our story of how we got there. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah, let's okay. tell our story. Uh, when we got married in 2006, I was 22, she was 20. I think we started trying one a year and a half after we'd yeah, been married. About a year, year and a half after we had been married. Yeah. We went off birth control and um, I had a really hard time when I was on that. and. Uh, there was just some issues that came up after that. So we were off birth control and we kind of realized like, this is like, this seems kind of weird that nothing's, you know, nothing's happening. After a few years had passed, you know, we were now starting to tell people like, okay, like we really need to get prayer about this. This is, you know, really hard. I'm not really sure what's happening. And so we did see a couple doctors. Yeah. None of them were helpful. Uh, none of them really gave us any hopes. They basically said, well, with what's wrong with you and what's wrong with her, you know, you're not really gonna have a family. Yeah, and it was so tough to hear and to mm -hmm. go through that process. That was hard. Yeah, and uh, so the years continued to pass and, you know. One year after, and it began, every year kind of snowballed because it's every month you're like, and every, you know, few months and every year you're just like, this is our year, this is our this year, is this is our year, we're gonna get it. This and, is the time. Yeah, and then we'd have, and not only we would be believing that, but if people wanted so much for us that right. they would prophesy for us. <laughs> right. And they'd say, you're gonna have a baby in 2011 in the April month. I'm like, they would just say it and and, it, and then we'd look for it. And then it would, it actually caused a lot of hurt because then we would have to go through all the emotions of seeing God not fulfill what we thought he wanted for us. Right. And, uh, you know, there were plenty of, you know, nights where I would be crying by myself. Yeah. And then Lana would wake up. Yeah. Because I was crying so bad that I, the bed would be shaking. Yeah. And so it was really hard, you know? And, and to be what we were doing, you know, and committing our lives to the Lord yeah. and serving Him, you know, in the capacity that we were. It was so hard to have to watch, you know, negative result after negative result or, you know, dedicate, you know, our friends' babies yeah. or watch as kids that we raised in our, you know, youth group or in our in our uh, kids ministry, they were all becoming adults at this point and 
they were announcing that they were pregnant. It is super tough. And a lot of people, you know, don't understand like the, the process of, of how much pain that can cause. And because you want to be happy for everybody else. Yeah. And then you're wondering why does God make everybody else so happy and yet we serve and love God mm -hmm. and do all this for God and God never helps you out when you know it's it's this conflict in your heart knowing that God is the giver of life yeah and feeling like he doesn't want you to have that and so it was really tough um, through gosh almost 14 years now yeah we just gave up we uh, did we said we're, we're we were gonna just we're letting go um, you know, and we're just going to forget about it. Well, it was just becoming such uh, a point of pain. And, you know, you're not, you stop living your, like, best life at that point. <clears throat> and then a couple years ago, on Christmas, <laughs> and it's like, I really want to, I want to go to a fertility doctor again. I'm ready, and I really want to have kids. And I just need, I need to give it everything that we have one more time and whatever the answer is the answer but i i just have to know that i gave it my absolute all and then we went through that conversation and then we said we'll go see this doctor we'll try him out and we had one appointment with uh dr Kavaris, and uh and i said how you know after the appointment or sorry when we got into the appointment he literally goes he said your age he talked about her age and then he says well, are you feeling this and thinking this and doing this and do and he literally mapped out how what everything that's been happening in my through, body in her body and throughout our our trying of having kids and literally just called it out and knew exactly what was happening but he also knew exactly how to fix it and we call him the mad scientist. So he- Because he's brilliant. He is brilliant. And he literally, like when we walked out, we actually had answers for the first time ever. Ever. And this was January of 2019. Yeah. And so that's when we decided, okay, let's start moving forward. And uh, they did the egg retrieval and we got all that taken care of. And then when they finally said like, okay, we're ready. Like, yeah. You have. We got. We thought like, oh, we got the eggs. Then tomorrow they'll put them together, and then the next day they'll put them back in. And that's like we thought, like oh, not, like two weeks time they'll go and they'll put the embryo back we'll in. We'll be pregnant by August and like have the baby. And that's what our. our we never done this. This is what was so frustrating. <laughs> and they don't tell you. So they, they don't tell you. And I think that's because anything can happen. Yes. And so that you're not on the roller coaster, but it's almost like because you don't know anything, you're still on the roller coaster. And so now they say, okay, your official transfer date is December 21st. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. You know, the night before, I'm like, this is the last night. It's just gonna be the two of us yeah. for like the rest of our life. So we we got we did to, the transfer. We did the transfer, and then after we did the transfer, then uh, we we're like, okay, let's wait. They call it the two week wait. Yeah. It's the TWW, and so we actually got to do our two week wait um, on December thirty first. Yes. And so they wanted to make sure I went to get my blood work done before nine a.m. So we went really early and. Yep. Uh, it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. And all uh, our family was here, her family, my family. Yeah. We, and so we got the call and we and found out we're, we're pregnant. After 13 years. I'm, by the time you're watching this video, I'm eight weeks pregnant. Eight weeks pregnant. So, Minnie Merrill, 
We Don't Know If It's a Boy or a Girl is coming soon. We're going to dismiss your suit. Stay standing, definitely. Thank you for letting us take a moment. This is a lot for us after 13 years. And uh, we just, we have thousands of people who've been praying and they're tuning in online today and texting us and excited. And uh, we just wanted to take a moment because it was so overwhelming. We knew if we had to do this three services in a row, we're like, I'd have nothing left. That's exactly what I knew would happen, by the way. (laughs) So if I looked distracted at all while I was preaching, I was thinking about this, and I, but I just, I, I, it was such a huge piece of our heart. Honey, do you want to say anything before we pray in this mess? Uh, I just, thanks for loving us and supporting us, and um, it's still really early, so I'm just, everybody kind of knew we've, we've been pretty transparent in these last steps, just because we really wanted to be covered in prayer, all of us. Yeah, all three of us. <laughs> and so if you would continue uh, to cover us in prayer, we would just really appreciate that. Amen. Thank you for letting us share that with you for just a little bit, guys. We love you. We want to speak this bridge declaration before we're dismissed. And you have an incredible Sunday, and we're going to cry a lot. My my wife uh, is trying to keep a little bit of distance, so just give her a fist bump if you want her. Try to resist the urge to hug. I'll hug everybody uh, and and, and make sure. Yeah. But we love you. We're, We're so thankful. Thanks for celebrating with us here and online. Let's speak this together. Let's be dismissed and have a wonderful Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at rearbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected, because we're so much better. Together. Together.